I'm Dr. Margaret Contra Sutton of Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Did you know that skin cancer is the most prevalent of all cancers and that over 1 million Americans will develop skin cancer every year? Develop a regular routine to inspect your body for any skin changes. If any growth, mole, sore, or skin discoloration appears suddenly or changes, please call Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics to schedule a skin check. This is Inspired Interviews, and I am your host, Katie Kinsella-Bowles. This podcast is sponsored by Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Today, we have Ala Ismail with us. Ala was born and raised in Lincoln, Nebraska, and her family originates from Darfur, Sudan. She graduated from Lincoln High School and is currently a freshman at University of Nebraska-Lincoln, majoring in Global Studies and Computer Science. Allah is a program staff member at the Campbell Elementary School Community Learning Center, a member of the Youth Leadership Lincoln Curriculum Committee, and a member of the Freshman Campus Leadership Associates as part of ASUN Student Government at UNL. She is passionate about serving the school and wider Lincoln community through leadership, community service, and advocating for racial and social justice and equal opportunity for all. I am so happy you're here today. Thank you. I'm I, very happy to be here. Yes, I have admired you for over a year now. Oh, thank you. I watched you accept the scholarship at Inspire last year, and I just like I loved your words. You were so genuine, and you also had a um, like you gave a little funny. We all laugh. What was it? I didn't expect to be so emotional on a Wednesday. Oh, yes. <laughs> So I listened to you accept your award for the scholarship in 2022, and you gave a lot of credit to your parents. And I know that they have shaped you immensely. And I have that as well. My parents, I idolize, and I find that the lessons I teach my kids are things that my parents taught me as well. So I was wondering uh, what something that your mom or dad taught you that has stuck with you that you feel is like an important part of you? Mm -hmm. um, both of my parents are very, very strong individuals, like growing up and learning both of their stories growing up in Darfur, Sudan, and then immigrating to the United States, like that has always just been very inspiring to me and have through their storytelling learned a lot of lessons and so for my mom in particular the Sudanese culture like that at that time has just a lot of gender roles and so her kind of what she was destined to do was just you know stay at home be a housewife like raise the kids and like that was it but my mom was is very passionate about education like she was always like the smartest one in the class like everything and um she just had told me like you know ever since I was younger like I did so much for my family and I knew that this was like you know I was gonna have to have an arranged marriage and all of these things and um she's just like this is just not the life that like I want to live and she's very patient through all of that hardship um especially when you don't want to have those things you don't want those things but to still be patient to persevere she ended up 
being able to marry my dad that she wanted to wasn't arranged. And she was also um, able to go to college. She had to like fight for that, but that ended up happening. And it took a lot of strength to be able to stand up to your parents to, you know, go to school. Growing up and learning that like has made me just appreciate the opportunities that I have available to me in the United States and to have such a strong mother on my side who will always encourage me to just never give up and to always push myself and that to never let me or anybody else like hold me back from what I want to do or to let fears or anxieties like get in the way and that if I want to do something I can and I have the potential to do it. So those are just the lessons from from my mom that um, I still think about often um, and encourage me every day whenever I'm, you know, having those hard days. And as for my dad, he's he's so passionate, like most passionate person I know about um, learning. He is passionate about people and caring for people and um, human rights, like, he has a master's in diplomacy. Like he's a very intelligent man. And we, I've grown to major in um, global studies and to pursue that route because of just the conversations that I always had with him growing up, um, you know, talking about what's going on in the world. And so he has just always helped me to know that when you have to give to other people and to help people, no matter what is going on in your life, um, that's just something that has definitely encouraged me to just help wherever I can, even if it seems small, like it's not at the end of the day. My dad and I have that a bit of that kind of relationship as well. And uh, I realized that he worked hard to teach my brother and I empathy. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, I think that some people have it in them naturally. And then also, you know, they learn to practice it. Um, but then I've also been thinking about how to practice it, you have to have the space, you know, you have to have, you have to feel, I guess, safe or not like you're threatened, because then you wouldn't have the space to think about other people. And I've been thinking about how we teach empathy. Uh, how did you learn to be an empath or practice empathy? Yeah, um, I think naturally in a way, it's kind of always been a part of my personality, but I think over time, how I've been able to become more empathetic has just been like, just the hardships that we go through in life in particular with like other people. I think like when I have been hurt, like I learned like that's never something I wanna do to other people. Like when you feel, you learn like, okay, like, I've experienced this emotion, I've experienced this thing, like I I know what it feels like type of situation. And so that has just, I've always reflected and been like, to, have, to see other people go through that is hard because you know what it feels like. But then when you encounter a situation where you may not know what it feels like, um, that was kind of more of a different story for me um, because sometimes we, equate like sympathy and empathy and they are very different things and I think when I learned like really what like empathy is was um a meeting that I had with my NHRI leadership mentor in high school and we had a one-on-one -on -one meeting that was just about empathy and 
we talked for like an hour and a half about it and we watched this TED talk by Brene Brown on empathy. And it just made me see empathy in a completely different way that it's not just like, oh, like I'm sorry, or at least, you know, this is happening. Like it's actually feeling what the other person is going through, being able to recognize it and in some sort of way feel that what you can do for that person, even if it's like just listening or, you know, advice if they're willing to take it, right? Um, but also knowing when to just be there to be a helping hand and when to help, I think is also important because sometimes you just want somebody to listen. Sometimes you don't want somebody to like fix the problem for you or somebody to like give you advice just to be a listening ear and to just sometimes say like, hey, like I'm here for you. I'm I'm here to listen is enough. And so I think also action wise, like sometimes it can be difficult to communicate like when you empathize with someone to be able to know what to say, especially if it's an experience that you don't relate to, it can be hard to be able to communicate that empathy that you're feeling. But I think in other ways that we can show empathy and be empathetic is also what we do for other people in acts of service. If someone is having a hard time, you know, maybe supporting them in whatever way, like doing something for them, like an act of service um, can also be a way to show empathy. And I think like how we teach empathy is, it's difficult, right? Because every person learns in a different way and also like in a systemic way, like education-wise, like in schools, like how do we teach empathy? Like it's it's a very difficult way, but I think just by action, being able to see it, right? Seeing how, for instance, like in the education system, like how teachers interact with students, like that's a way that we can also teach empathy, right? Through example. Yeah, through modeling. Mm -hmm. I realize how much I use it with kids. Uh, there was, you know, having three kids, there's neighborhood spats a little bit. And I started to realize how much I really say, okay, how would it feel if I said that to you? And they just like, crushed, it would feel terrible. But I do think it is something that people have to learn. And I do, I, with all my soul, feel that if people practiced it more, the world would be a better place. I'm certain. Yeah, I agree. I, I almost wonder if this should be like a mandatory class. That's been like a huge thing that people have been talking about, just like empathy as well as like social emotional learning, like that being a, a required thing to talk about, I think, or like in school, like a required class to learn about, because I think it helps in so many realms, like in school, just everywhere you go, you're interacting with people. And um, I think it also helps like um, in high school, I actually did, um, I competed in speech. And one of my speeches was about um, how we have an empathy deficit in America. And so I just kind of talked about how I feel like on an individual basis, we lack empathy as well as on like a broader scale with empathizing with what other people are going through around the world. Um, obviously kind of like linking with my passion of like human rights. And that's something like for me, it's always been like hard to see, you know, when there's people suffering. And I feel like I've always just wanted to see more of that around me. And that was something that I talked about in my speech and was really passionate about and still am. Um, and so that's why, like, if a class was offered, like, I think that's amazing. I think, yeah, I think so, too. Maybe we'll have to do something about that. Yeah. Make some change. <laughs> when, so I know you were busy in high school. 
you know, you were, I think we're in student council. Yeah. Okay. And amongst other things. And I'm wondering, when did you know that you were called to do more? Was this something that happened at a certain time or is it something that kind of just grew as you got older? How did that look? Yeah. um, I mean, I, in middle school, I was like involved in student council and at the middle school that I went to, they had like a group called Project Peace. Um, I, again, just kind of going back to like what my dad has always taught me just about helping people and like being a leader wherever you are, that kind of like put me on that path to just always want to like wherever I am, like to somehow be involved and to like make the most of wherever I'm at. So um, in particular, like with school, like getting involved in clubs, getting like making sure that I'm like meeting as many people as I can. Like that's always just been um, something that I've been doing. But I think like as for when I got to high school, um, when I think like my involvements became more personal, became more um, just, I think, in depth for me was in 2020 um, when, you know, COVID happened and we all shut down. And um, I think just like staying in our homes and having to see what was going on in the news with all the racial injustice that was happening in this country, um, I just felt like, what can I do? Like, I just was like, this is absolutely unbelievable like it's just it's very hard to see and it's very gruesome and I in that moment I was just like life is very short and sometimes it can be scary because I've always had these opinions or passions but I just especially just how I grew up in the schools that I went to like I didn't know how I could make a difference like what I could do to stop those things from happening, right? Um, And so I just started to join groups to learn more about how I could help. And that's when I got involved with the Lincoln NAACP Council, um, where we actually are able to have conversations and like share our opinions in like a safe space and also turn it into action. You know, we did panels, we did projects to educate people, um, volunteering as well. And I think that was just kind of the moment where I wanted like my involvements to mean something for me. I also got involved with the MLK Youth Rally here in Lincoln. And that was like such an empowering experience. I think that's kind of when it happened um, for me, where I was able to not only just help people, but also help people who connect with my identity and that relates to my identity. So. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsors, Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Yeah, it's like when you realize that any action is action Mm -hmm. and just kind of go for it. Yeah. And I love how you talked about the conversations that you had in that group when people can be really honest with each other. I think it's so powerful. It is. It really was. I've, I've been in groups before where you realize if you just take the time and hear each other's stories, we are so, a lot of us are just so connected alike. A lot of us, most of us. And so um, I always wonder like how we create more of those spaces. I feel like as time goes on, like I'm, 
I don't know if I'm just getting older or I think maybe just the world is realizing that having these more intimate and vulnerable conversations are what creates more change. But I wish, um, you know, it's hard to find those spaces too. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I think um, for me, like I was involved in Youth Leadership Lincoln in high school and we did like this retreat where we were able to be like very vulnerable with each other and share our stories. And obviously at the time I didn't think I was young, but it was, you know, I was younger. And so that's just something I'd never experienced before because I think in our society, we naturally very like judge other people or make assumptions about people. And I think when we hear each other's stories, we're just like, oh wait, like that is not at all what I thought like they knew or went through and it just completely changed like my perception of like life and people and I like oh since then I've been able to be a part of other groups or a class that did sort of those activities where we would discuss kind of just our lives our hardships challenges we've gone through and it's like it really does build connection and foster like community. And so I think that if we did more of that, I think we would just be able to just like become more empathetic, right? Um, become more open to vulnerability because growing up, it's just like, you don't really share with other people like our vulnerabilities until like you're really close to them. But I think like, even in the workplace, even in school, like I think that's important because we all like have so much more to us. And when we learn that there's always more to like everybody and everything, like it's just very powerful. Like I try to carry that with me everywhere to just understand that like everybody has a story and that like it's valuable no matter what. Yeah, I I am with you there. I feel like everyone's so fascinating. Yeah. And everyone has just these beautiful stories about them and and often I think too, that people are misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And so, yeah, I, we're building this beautiful world here. <laughs> really, We just want vulnerability and empathy. And I don't know, I do think we're getting there though. Yeah. I do feel like it's becoming more accepted to talk about certain things and safer sp in, and to have safe spaces. And so that's encouraging for me. Agreed, I've, I've seen that a lot more too. Yeah. Um, so I read, a quote from you in the recent Elle magazine that just came out. And I think it's, uh, I think it's beautiful and very powerful. And I wanted, I'm going to read it to you. It is still an everyday battle, but I have learned that you cannot blend in when you are meant to stand out. So I wanted to hear about that journey that you went through to, to, to come to that because it's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, it's true. It still is an everyday battle. But growing up, I went to predominantly white schools. And I think I just, I never felt comfortable in my own skin. I, I always, um, always stood out. I was always asked about my facial features, like why I look a certain way compared to others. And when you're a kid, you're just like, well, why am I getting these questions? And like my friends aren't getting them. And so I just always 
just never felt confident in who I was and in my identities because, um, you know, I'm a child of two immigrants. I'm Sudanese, I'm Muslim, like a woman, like I have all of these intersecting identities and I just never, when you're in that environment where you don't feel necessarily accepted or you're treated differently, um, it's hard to embrace who you are. And so I really struggled with that. And I felt like I lived like kind of a double life in a way. Like at home, I loved the traditions and the practices that we do. But at school, it was a different story where I almost like subconsciously tried to hide like those parts of myself. And so that was very difficult. Um, but once I got to middle school, I was able to meet just more people and see more diversity and that kind of helped me to acknowledge that like oh wait there's like other people who relate to this experience um, and that's when I kind of started to have more conversations like one-on-one -on -one with people who could relate to what I've gone through I just had learned that I I just want to be in an environment where there is more diversity and that there's more acceptance um, and that's what encouraged me to go to Lincoln High School. Um, in the beginning, you know, I was kind of turned to look at the school because of this academic program that they had. And um, I had went to their like programming day information session to learn more about it. Um, and I was like, okay, this is great. But I also wanted to learn about the school. And when I went to their information session on just Lincoln High itself, um, they, one of their four links was, um, diversity and unity, tradition, excellence, and like how much they really do encompass all of those four attributes and like the everyday school experience is really what gravitated me towards that. I think is really where I started to feel more comfortable in my identity. Um, I felt comfortable to put on the hijab, which I didn't feel when I was in middle school, even when I wanted to, because I was just so worried about how people would respond. Looking back now, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, my high school experience was so great because um, I got to see other people who looked like me, other people from different cultures and who embraced it, like going down the hallways and hearing all these different types of languages that people are speaking. And that just really made me feel comfortable in my own skin. I mean, it was still difficult because um, I was in classes that had a lot of, uh, that lacked diversity, which is interesting that like, classroom experience is different from when I'd like go out in the hallways but I think eventually I did become strong to know that um I can still be proud in a space where it doesn't like match my identity if that makes sense kind of that's where the everyday battle kind of comes in and that you can try and I can try to blend in and this kind of goes for everybody like with personality wise um all aspects of your identity or who you are like every person's going to have something that potentially makes them stand out but to try to blend in with the crowd or blend in with what we think is socially acceptable or more comforting is just it's just not how it's going to be and so once I just realized that it made me just want to embrace my own skin more and um, my identity to be proud of who I am because it connects to my family it connects to how I grew up it's who I am and if you know that's that's other people's problem if they can't like accept that so I think that's just kind of the story it's still difficult there's still experiences that I have like discrimination or just stereotyping but um 
I don't know, you just, you kind of learn that that's just a reality, but that I still am an empowered individual to still pursue what I, I want to, um, to just kind of live fearlessly and to not let it see it as something that's holding me back, but rather something that is valuable to who I am and valuable to every place that I go. Thank you. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank I, you. I, you know, I think about the whole empathy thing, you know, the, the, thinking about that experience and I mean, middle school, grade school is hard and it is hard for, it's hard to be human. Yeah. You know, and so I'm so happy that you're doing you and I'm yeah. sorry that you've ever, that you've had to feel that way. It's really got to be hard when you don't go to school with kids who look like you. It is. It's it's hard. And, and you don't realize, like, I think when I was in elementary school, like, I didn't know what was wrong. Like, I just always felt like, why am I, like, acting different or doing, like, why don't I feel tense? Like, I just, I didn't know. I was like, this is just how it is. But then once I grew up, I'm like, okay. Like, it took a lot of self-reflecting to be like, this is what was wrong. It is unfortunate because your childhood shapes so much of who you are and how you see the world. And so that's really hard to know that, like, it's still stuff that can linger sometimes or come back to you. But it's all learning experience. And I think what's comforting is to know that there are a lot of people everywhere um, that growing up always felt that way, too, that they were the odd one out identity wise, like just, you know, our religion, our um, race, ethnicity, like all those things, but also our personality, our likes and dislikes. Like it, it does range everywhere. Growing up and when you see other people embracing like all aspects of who they are and their identity, like it's so empowering. And I think it just makes the world and our community a better place when we just like yeah. unite and just be who we are. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I would love to hear about um, what you want to do in the future. What What are some things that you're looking forward to doing? Okay, so I have a double major in global studies and computer science. Global studies, like that's just always been very fitting for me. It's always been a passion of mine. Um, I like learning about what's happening in the world. I love to travel, but computer science was not at all expected. It was really inspired by like my older brother, who's um, currently a senior majoring in uh, computer science at UNL. And so he was the one that really encouraged me to go into it. I was very hesitant at first. I was like, that's not me. Like, that's just not something that I could see myself like doing or being good at. But as I looked into it more, it just became something like really fun and interesting. And so um, I added that onto my track and I, I saw them as very much mutually exclusive, like two separate things. But um, just in my first semester um, in my global studies class, we talked a lot about technology um, and something that I want to go into in the future is work in the field of human rights. Um, and so we actually spent a lot of time talking about how technology can actually can be used to abuse human rights or can also be used to combat them. That was very interesting to me to see. I just whenever I think of like computer science or coding, you just think like Google or Microsoft, but it can absolutely be used in like every arena. And so um, I just think that having that background and learning, it's it's also really fun. Like coding is really fun. Um, being able to use that to 
like as a tool, I think is really powerful in how our world has become very digital, very, so much technology everywhere. And so that's something that I want to do. And I think it's, it's unique. It's a growing field. And so, um, and also to challenge myself is why um, I want to do that. I'm usually more like English history, but to be able to have that element of math and science as well, like in college, I've found to be very valuable. So, and I love learning and like challenging myself. So it's hard to say specifically what I want to do, but that's, that's definitely kind of the goal. And I am pre-law, so there is that um, (laughs) as well. Like I wish I could do like everything, but we'll, we'll see. And your minors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I have minors in in Arabic and French. I grew up speaking Arabic, but um, there's so many dialects of Arabic like it's insane um so I'm have it as a minor to be able to learn like the the standard dialect I guess um reading and writing and speaking and then French I've loved ever since I was in middle school so I've just been continuing that I cannot wait to see what you do next (laughs) thank you I'm sure it'll just you'll figure something out and blow everyone's mind (laughs) we'll see culmination of all of it (laughs) Um, okay, I have surprise questions. They aren't hard. Okay. I do at the end. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I, and since we've been emailing, this is fun. So how many smiley faces are appropriate for one email? Okay. You send me one like email. in a row or like throughout the email? Throughout the email. Oh, I feel like it depends, to be honest. I think like standard, no matter what, I think two is appropriate but like for instance like depending on how the other person is like I feel like I could send like four smiley faces in an email to you and it would be fine yes but like to a certain professor like I couldn't do that right that's true you have to yeah it it really does depend but I wish everybody could just like smiley faces yeah you have to know your audience yes yes okay so then how about (laughs) exclamation points does that go hand in hand with the smiley faces I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Like, okay. It can't be like multiple in a row. Like you can't do like two exclamation points. I think like, um, I think three is appropriate. Three. Three is appropriate. Like for any email. But again, depending on who it is, like you can do more. Yeah. (laughs) You can, if you email me, do as many as you want. Okay. I'll even let you do like four in a row. I love them. They make them like less serious, less like intimidating. It's just like. Fun. I know you can even give like kind of bad news and then do a smiley yeah. face. <laughs> and he's like, it's and it better. was so nice to talk to you. Exclamation point. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, overused phrases that have lost their meaning. Like, like. Literally. Yeah. Literally. I have this conversation all the time <laughs> with people about literally and how much it's used. Like to say something is like literal like is different than how it's used now like literally but it's not literal what you're saying in conversation (laughs) so i i I do use it though it's just become a habit but i had a conversation with this like with my english teacher like a year ago and yeah he was very frustrated about it but i mean of course studying english but 
It was so great to have you here today. I've wanted to meet with you for a while, so I'm super excited I got to meet you in real life. Well, thank you for having me. I think this was like a really great conversation. Yeah, so. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Today's Inspire podcast is sponsored by three incredible women and board-certified dermatologists, Dr. Margaret Contras Sutton, Dr. Lee Sutton, and Dr. Liz Sutton of Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics physicians and providers are expert leaders in the fields of dermatology, skin cancer surgery, and medical aesthetics. Call 402-484-9009 or visit suttonderm.com to schedule an appointment with Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics today.